Hi, how can I help you today? As a McDonald's employee, you say those words quite often. But how about when you need help, like consulting a doctor? Hi, how can I help you today? When you work for a McDonald's restaurant, we take care of you like family. With free virtual doctor's visits, including getting prescriptions and refills for you and everyone in your family. Apply today at careers.mcdonalds.com and find out more. The benefits described herein are only available at participating restaurants. Hello there, my listeners. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. Yeah, I, I hate talking about the temperature and the weather, considering how bad it is in other parts of the country, in Texas and other parts of South Central. Uh, I, know, I know you guys weren't uh, asking for something like this, and I, I'm purposely not going to talk about the weather. But uh, we are in the Keys, uh, and it's, it, it is what it is. So today I'll just talk about my regular days and stuff like that. Recently, recently I'm still doing the bartender thing, right? But bartending doesn't always do fit the bill when it comes to just, you know, make, get, making sure everything is paid. The Keys are much like akin to... Being in New York City, San Francisco, any high-priced area. The real estate's very expensive and a lot of other things are expensive like insurance and just it's just pricey down here. And in order to make ends meet, you got to work a little harder and helps. Working a little harder helps if you like doing what you do. And I like bartending and I don't I don't think I can bartend without losing it I could physically bartend 60 hours a week but do I really want to do that 60 hours a week I like mixing it up that's why I have that fitness thing I do at the gym I uh, I just really enjoy having that and the notary thing is it's it's a low front end investment and recently I've gotten a new certification to do this thing called loan signing. And when a uh, real estate sold, you have, I mean, I I guess everyone knows about this stuff. There's a lot of papers to be signed. There's mortgage papers and deeds, uh, warranties, tax, taxes, and there's deeds of trust that go to the county. And some of these loan packages get up to be a couple hundred pages, up to 200 pages. So they need someone on the day when they're closing, they need someone to guide people through the process. And they also need a notary to make sure that the person that's signing is the person they say they are. So there's multiple things. So they use a loan signing agent, people that walk people through the process and explain what the document is, but not explain what's on it or give any suggestions, right? That's what a real estate attorney or an agent or a title company does. They'll explain those, the, the numbers and all that. The loan signing agent just presents the papers. 
explained generally what they are and make sure they don't try to influence the people while they're signing. Just saying this is what you have to do in order to complete this process. So this week I had gotten a call I think it was on Tuesday for one, and this is normally what happens with closings. They happen rather quickly, and you have like a day's notice or two days notice, depending on, you know, but most of the times you get a day's notice on when closing actually occurs. So I was contacted. I'm not going to go into the process of who they were, where they were, what they were. All I need to say is that I I had to go back twice because there was uh, some discussion about they, they needed to talk to their attorney. So the second time I went there, I, I was acquainted with the people. And there was, while I was sitting there presenting the documents, there was a smell wafting. It sounded like, it smelled like someone had an accident. I was sitting there for about an hour. And I go, wow. And I was pretty sure it wasn't me. I mean, there was like 5% wasn't me, 95% it was someone there. And I thought, wow, what am I going to do? They're sitting there and they say, this smell is horrible. I guess I don't have COVID-19 because I really smelled it. It was just, it was there. So we're going through the process. There were some discussions about certain items on there but I really couldn't talk about it so they had to talk to someone else that actually could go into detail of it and the explanation of what the thing is and and they can do the encouraging I'm just there to show them where they can sign while this is happening I'm just sitting there going oh my god this is horrible this is horrible then I was there long enough that I had to um, use the restroom I drank a lot of coffee that day. I have a tendency. I'm 57 years old. I don't have to go every, you know, I went, in the last two hours, I had drank coffee this morning. I left, when I left the gym, I went. So I go and use, I ask them if I can use the restroom. I go to the restroom. And as I come out of the restroom, I sit down and I notice there's a track coming out of the restroom. And I go, oh my God. What? I had it on my shoe. And the first thing that came to mind, I just said, I walked in it. I stepped in it outside and I brought it in their house, their beautiful house. And I tracked it all over the place. And I was mortified, but I had to admit it right away. This is what I do. I admit it right away. And I said, hey, I, I stepped in, I tracked it all over the place. And immediately they blamed their cat. And it turned out it was their cat. It happened right in front of the sofa where I sat down. I was so relieved. I was so relieved it wasn't me. I was so relieved it wasn't them. And we all had a laugh. And they said, boy, you're going to remember this is your first one, aren't you, that you were sitting here? I said, yeah, you probably were thinking that what the hell's wrong with this guy? He really stinks, you know. Uh, but it, to our chagrin, it was the, it was the cat. But it was it, we all had a good laugh. And, you know, we, we cleaned up and all that stuff, cleaned the shoes. And that was that. But that was the story of that. I'm going to take a little break right now. I have someone arriving. I'll talk to you later. Thank you.
So we're back. I had to receive a delivery, so I didn't want to be rude. And well, I guess I I was being rude to you, but if it was live, it would have been rude. So it's recorded. I could have been gone for two, three hours and came back, but nope, it was not. It was five minutes. And to get back to that end of that story, I was really happy that that was my first. I was my first loan signing. It was actually a seller signing. Think about it. And then there's a bunch of other things that are required, scanning back documents and making sure you you prepare an invoice on what you charge and you mail it overnight from the right place. So it was my first experience with the cat shit and all that stuff. And it kind of made it a little surreal and fun. And it took me about five times longer than it would take an experienced person because I'm really not adept at scanning 40, 40 documents, making sure they're in the right order, verifying all the signatures in the right place. And just, just it's, it's something, I guess it, the nice thing about this, whenever you're doing something that's so detail-oriented, much like a, I'm not comparing myself to a pilot of an airliner, but they have a checklist of what they check before they take off. Because you, you don't want to have that catastrophic failure if you don't have fuel, if your engine's not warmed up, if, you know, you're... You know, you're defrosters on the wings or de-icing on the wings or whatever the pressurized if your cabin can be pressurized and all that stuff so many things that you have to check before and it's a it i'm not saying there's so as many things on a loan document but there's a lot of things and you got to make sure because if you miss it could Put the whole transaction in peril. So I'm not going to talk about it anymore because I guess I know I know you're saying, Jim, this is fucking boring. You're talking about notary shit. But you know what? This gives me the flexibility to do that stuff and be able to, in order to do this, I need to ha- have the time to do that. And the more adept I get at doing these things... The more jobs I can take. I just, I'm, I, you know, it's weird. Whenever you do something for the first time, it's always, uh, some people go in willy-nilly and they just go ahead and do it. They're very confident, stuff like that. I'm not confident all the time, but I am willing to try something new. I have the confidence to at least do it. I guess that's more than half the battle. A lot of people are reluctant to do things. So I need to get marketing material. I'm not going to talk about going depth to the boring process. I'm just saying marketing material. So I buy 100 cards. And then I get feedback. And I say, hey, you know, I don't really, I don't think this is appropriate. You need to do this and you do that. And I made the mistake before buying 1,000 cards and it being wrong. So I just bought 100. I'd rather get 100 wrong and throw them out than get 500 so I, I do that piecemeal. That's that people say, hey, you get a bigger discount when you buy more. And I'm saying, yeah, but you also, when you make one mistake, 
you pay for it. I mean, I guess I could deduct it. That's the main thing. I never did that my whole life, doing the deductions and things like that. It's really interesting. As a, I know there's bartenders out there that did the whole thing, the home buying and family raising and all that shit. I had a great uncle that did that. He had like seven kids. He didn't even drink. I don't think he was like an alcoholic that went to AA like I do and all that stuff. He just didn't drink. He worked as a bartender and raised seven kids. And was able to have kind of like a vacation place and all that. Wow. That's quite an accomplishment. But for someone like me, and I'm going to admit something, I'm kind of at this late stage of my life. I'm kind of rebuilding my credit and everything doing the I'm good at ideas of starting business and stuff like that. I'm good I'm bad with the follow up. I've gotten better with the follow up. Much better. And doing things and having plans and all that. And that's what I'm doing now. And part of the thing that I realize that I have in my the ace up my sleeve is I've been taking care of myself. I mean, I had my surgery, right? So that's taken care of. I'm relatively physically fit as a spin instructor. I recently lost, what that? During the lockdown, when we, weren't, we were doing some bike riding and things like that, and the gyms were closed and everything was closed, and I think the gyms didn't reopen until May or something like that. I was out of commission for like three, three months. I put on, I think I got, I was around 235. I went up to 245. And now with the stress from the surgery leading up to and all those dates I had from July, from June till the end of December, uh, especially at the end, I stopped eating a lot. So I got down to 226. But after the surgery... My appetite came back, and I started creeping up. So I'm just watching what I'm doing right now. I'm watching my what I'm eating. I'm trying to do less red meat. I, God, I, I stopped smoking what ten years ago, and uh, or eleven, twelve years ago, and I had not smoked five. I'm sorry about that beeping in the background. There's some. Um, some truck out there. They're doing some construction nearby. I may even pause. It's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm ready to say, knock the, knock the fucking shit off. How, how, how long do you need to back up to let the people know that you're backing up? There you go. Beeping stop. Think back the fucking thing up already. Oh, there they go again. Motherfucker. So, I go through the... Um, the weight loss thing. I was creeping up. I was down to 226, my lowest. And now I'm back right around that 226. And I, I, my dream weight was always to get back to like my real lean days at 215. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I'm, I'm, I mean, considering they, they say that's overweight. I'm really, I'm kind of, people say I'm skinny. 
215. They say, ah, oh, that's too skinny. I mean, you got to watch out when heavy people call you too skinny. You got to you got to get someone who's in, you know, reasonable shape to give you judgment and stuff like that. If someone's 350 pounds and they go, oh, you're getting too skinny. I'm like, okay, okay. I never said what I think you're doing, right? So why are you, t- why are you passing judgment on me? I'm doing this. The, the, I'm controlling my weight and watching what I'm doing so I can have some earning power. I need to be healthy. I want to work for a while. That's my retirement plan. My retirement plan is to work for, for a while and start earning. Maybe with this podcast, definitely with that loan signing. You know, the company I created was called The Keys Notary. I'm going to keep that underneath the Keys Bartender. I don't know if that's like really good branding because I, I don't know if you want to guide it. But hey, a bartender isn't automatically a bad idea to, to run things because I got to run things at a restaurant or a bar. Where people are out of fucking control sometimes. I got to shut them down. It's just part of the uh, job description, right? So people say, hey, Jim, you know, Keys Bartender, you're going to have the company Keys Notary underneath it? Why not? Why not? I mean, why can't I have them associated together? People just say, well, it's not appropriate. And I say, well, you know what? These days, Who's to judge what's appropriate? But I'm just really fortunate, like I said earlier, to be in the condition to be able to do these things. And I manage my reputation enough in the area that people know me and kind of, they under they realize I'm kind of trustworthy. I'm kind of trustworthy. I'm trustworthy. And to pass a background check. Luckily, luckily I didn't do the things I did when I was in twenties, in my twenties, and get in trouble uh, for them, you know. People just say, "Hey, listen, this guy's clean." Yeah, it doesn't mean he's clean. It means he doesn't have a record. Doesn't have a, someone not having a record doesn't mean they've never done anything wrong. It's just they've never been caught. But fortunately, I had that. So now that I don't drink and a bunch of other things. Everything I do is kind of, is, is legal. Very legal. And that helps. That helps when you want to do things, when you want to do things in this, in this state. There's a lot of people that I, I, don't, I don't know how they do anything with the, the things they have in the past, but I don't hold those things against people. I realize people make mistakes. I'm not a big believer in this three strikes you're out all the time. Someone has a pattern of violent behavior, violent, dangerous behavior. Yeah, maybe a good idea not to trust that person. Or dishonesty, you know, if they're always stealing. I may not want to put them in trust of, give them any fiduciary responsibilities. I like that word, fiduciary. Right? Or fiscal malfeasance. Here you go. In my personal life, I've been guilty of fiscal malfeasance. To myself. And now I'm working to get that taken care of. I am cleaning up pretty good. I am going onward and upward. And that is what I want to talk about the rest of the show. 
I I mentioned before, I if you get up in the morning and you let's say you wake up next to someone who's negative, I don't know, man, you're doomed. You're doomed. If, if you can insulate yourself from that, isolate yourself, separate yourself from if someone's negative, I'll just say get get away from them. I hate to say that. I hate to say that. People say, but I'm responsible. I'm responsible for that person. Well, you're responsible for yourself too. Your well-being. And having someone negative around you could be a drag on your mental health and your physical health. It just runs you down. You don't sleep well. You don't sleep well with that proper mental health and physical health. Just think, it's very important. It's very important. One thing is very important to get you sleep. I am one of those people that sometimes have a hard time falling asleep because my mind's very active. When I wake up, it turns on. And I'm going a mile a minute. It's not because I'm doing anything. I'm kind of caffeine kind of person. But I do go, I go to the gym. I drink my coffee. I go to the gym. I like to get shit done. And I used to sit and listen to the news. And I still do the news. But I also like to listen to some comedy. And you got to listen to proper comedy. Not this thing where you got these douchebags going saying negative things about people all the time. Okay? You can't do that all the time. You got to watch yourself doing that. You got to watch yourself with your state of being. So when you wake up, you don't want to wake up with a person that's going to get you in a shitty mood all the time. If that's their purpose, get the fuck out of there. Get the fuck out of there. I hate to say it. Give them an ultimatum. Say, listen, I want to be happy. Can you help me Help me be happy? You know how you can help me be happy? Don't stop being an asshole. I don't want to hear about this shit. Now, there's things you got to take care of, Right? Just because someone's sick doesn't mean they're an asshole. I'm just saying, but if they're going out of their way to be negative and talk shit about people, that's toxic. And one of my daughter's friends was, uh, well, former friends, was accusing my daughter and her daughter's group of having, being toxic people. And I tell my daughter, I say, listen, you don't want to talk. And I say this to her. She's 14 years old. I said, don't talk shit about other people. Remember, they got their own demons and things. And I said about people that you disagree with. I said, a certain groups of people here in our country and the rest of the world just are carrying baggage. And baggage of a bad upbringing. Abusive home life. Right? And... That's their cross to bear. It doesn't, you, you can't get them out of it. You can't get people out of that stuff. They got to make the decision themselves. You can invite them. You can invite them to leave that state of mind. Say, listen, you know, you don't have to be that way. Now, if they say they have to be that way, then you're, they're fucked. They're going to be that way. They accepted it. They said it in, they put a nice coat of lacquer over it and said, this is the way I'm going to be. I'm going to be, 
I'm going to have this negative view the rest of my life. You can't do that. I can't do that. I know I'm low energy when I do that. If I start trash talking, like if I start trash talking the previous president, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't trash his supporters. You know why? It gets me in a mood. And that mood isn't conducive to my happiness. I shut it down at the restaurant. I shut it down at the bar. I shut it down when um, we get, if there's, there's primarily out there. It's it's a little harder and it seems like I'm really more anti-Trump than I am, uh, you know, I'm much more anti-Trump than I am uh, neutral. It seems like that. But it just seems there's a lot more people going and talking shit. But I just say, listen, if people start talking shit about Trump loud, I just go like this. I put, like, start saying shit about him. I put my finger up to my lips. I said, this is not what we talk about here. Oh, and they asked me about me. I said, hey, that doesn't have to be about me. It's about everyone around us, the sensibilities. People are here to have a good time. And if they say, this is what I do to have a good time, well, you know what? It doesn't work for everyone else. Some people like to get in fights for a good time. Some people say, I like getting hit. I like hitting somebody. Well, fucking do that someplace else. Go and join mixed martial arts group and stuff. Join a fucking fight club. Join a fucking fight club. Go and get anything. Go go and walk up to a gang of people and say shit to them. You know, a rowdy bunch. Go to, you know, if you want to start shit, go to, go to a group that wants, to start, wants you to start shit. Okay, but primarily, people say, "Well, that's not." I have people come in; they start saying negative stuff, and I say, "Nope, you're not going to do that." I understand you had a bad day. I'll listen to you having a bad day, but don't start spewing toxic bullshit. And that'll be with nowadays when I, I got to start shutting down the people that think the same way as me. You know, I I just got to remember that they got programs on television for that. If you want to go and get fucking negative, go and watch that. You should only watch a certain amount of news so you can get, you know, you want to be up on it. Yesterday, there was, if you know what was uplifting yesterday, I got some news for you yesterday. Some people could find something negative. The perseverance. The perseverance. Mars, uh, Unmanned mission to Mars, the Perseverance, uh, happened yesterday. It was, a, they went 300 million miles, decelerated from 12,000 miles per hour to zero, to zero on its own. The probe did it on its own because they, obviously because of the distances, you can't do live control of a rocket. Because the fastest you can get a signal is 186,000 miles a second. Right? So that would be 186, uh, so 100 million miles. So that's, what's it, five? And that's 500 seconds. 
Jesus Christ. That's a lot. That's just like, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a 10-minute lag time or 15-minute lag time with sending a message there and back. It's like having a text message with someone who's not really paying attention. Uh, recently, I have a friend on Instagram. She's a soldier, Angela. And, uh, we, you know, it's funny. You talk back and forth with him. And I, I, I always imagine when someone contacts me that they're listening to the show. I'm always hoping. But I always think I might gain a listener. And this time I may gain a friend. I told the young lady I had uh, a niece. It looks to be around the same age. And I want to be supportive, you know. I'm, I'm, I support the troops. I, uh, I admire what the, uh, she's doing. But when you're, you are know, having a conversation with someone, you can see you tend, uh, any delay. You could be asking something. They could be answering a question from like 20 minutes ago. Because when they look at it. So imagine trying to do that with instructions. Or driving a car, you can't have that lag time. There's always lag times in in human beings. There's no instantaneous decision-making loop, right? When you're driving and someone stops in front of you, there's a split second. When your, your eyes receive the message that someone stopped, your brain decides that it stopped, and then it sends a message on what you have to do. Stop. That's the lag time. Imagine if you had like a five-second lag time, two, one-second lag time. You'd have to, you'd have to, uh, with, you'd have to maintain twice the legal distance between the cars. People think they're they have instantaneous responses. You don't have an instantaneous response. Take a uh, take a dollar bill, fold it into the lengthwise into a V. You know, fold it in half, and it's into a V, and. Hold it above someone's, uh, the, the beginning of the dollar bill, above someone's hands with their thumb and their index finger, like having a V and form a pincer. And you just hold the dollar bill and drop it. And the person has to catch it. Now, don't, single, don't signal that you're going to drop it. There's not enough time for you to send the signal to your fingers to close on that dollar bill. That's the lag time. So there's motor, the motor control to catch a dollar bill. Um, they got to land. They landed the perseverance, or they didn't land it. They programmed it to land, to, to slow down, deploy chutes, use rockets to hover, and then use a pulley system to drop the vehicle onto the surface when it had slowed down enough to almost a zero into a hover. So it wouldn't break apart. I mean, the hundreds of millions of dollars they spent for that. God, I don't know. I, I guess I should have done research on it. But hundreds of millions of dollars. Mission control is there. And you just see the joy of the people that imagine working on something so long and then waiting for that. It's just like working on Mount Rushmore or almost anything, like a sculpture. And right at the end, you know, there's one last chisel move you have to make. And it's either perfect or it shatters. 
That's what they were waiting for to shatter. There was seven, seven minutes where almost everything could have went wrong. But it had to be perfect. Seven minutes had to be perfect. From here to Mars, all the time it took for it to get from the Earth to Mars, there weren't a lot of things to go wrong. But that seven minutes, there was a lot of things that had to happen perfectly for it to happen, you know, happen correctly and for that mission to be successful. And they did it. And you see the joy on their faces. It was amazing. And it just warmed my heart. That's positive. That should be, you know, the way we think about things. And in the end, if it didn't, you know, something horrible had happened. How do they recover from that? That's resilience. And uh, we'll talk about resilience another time. Uh, it's important. I talk about that. I use, I, I stand on this soapbox. In the, I don't stand on the soapbox, but I figuratively stand on the soapbox when I'm bartending. To make my beliefs known. I tell people, I say, listen, I care about, I care about your attitude. I care about how you feel, your state of being. I care about how you get home safely. Tell them all those things. I'm not telling people how to be. I just want them not to be worse off when they leave. Now, there's some people that come in there with ill intent. And if their ill intent was for me to be unhappy, a lot of times they are much more unhappy. Because I point out to them, I say, I'm very, I feel very good right now. And they go, why? Because I'm not like you. <laughs> I don't know why they come to the bar. I don't get it sometimes. Why would you come and be scrutinized by someone that's used to scrutinizing people? Do you think you're going to be successful at ruining my day? It doesn't. Usually it I feel an achievement when I overcome something, some hurdle. And that hurdle could be some asshole. A lot of times it's meeting wonderful people and enjoying their company and learning something. You know, I, I learn something all the time when I'm, in, when I'm at the bar. I try to, I try to learn something every day. Uh, today, I, met, I learned small things, things I couldn't really... Uh, the voice right now. I realize I enjoy when I drove my daughter to school. I enjoy quiet, being just sitting there with her sometime. That was nice. And that was important. So that's pretty much it. I like to thank you for listening. Please share the show with your friends and family. Drop us a review. Subscribe. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app. And realize that we're on almost any of them. If you, if you purposely come to one app and say, well, I listen to it on this because that's where I have. It's available on other ones. It's either on the Florida Keys Bartender or Keys Bartender. Okay? You most likely find it on the Keys Bartender. 
Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us if you have any questions. Please email them to me at jim at keysbartender.com. That's jim at keysbartender.com. Remember, do something nice for yourself. And for right now, I am signing off. Take care and have a great day. Bye.